Hello, hello, hello. This is Carol Carter, and welcome to Mike Cobb's Offshore Investment Report. A couple of weeks ago, Mike and I talked about the high net worth individuals, 300% increase in those moving to Central and South America. Mike shared his expertise on that with us. Today, I want to go to the other end of the spectrum, talk about the millennial move. Mike, the millennials, the millennials are moving in your direction. Is that right? That's what that's what yeah. we're reading in Escape Artists. Yeah. Yeah. Carter. Okay. They 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 uh, they are coming in droves. And 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 that escape artist article is a great one because it really highlights, I guess what, eight or nine reasons that the millennials right. are coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, you know what? It, they the escape artist really hit that one on the head and and got that right. And and what we've seen experientially, and that article came out a little over a year ago, actually. That's right. You're exactly um, right. Yeah, that what we've seen in the last two years has been probably a, a tripling or a quadrupling of our business wow. on the millennials wow. uh, alone. Alone, we've seen we've seen our our, our you know original demographic, retirees, pre-retirees, investor buyers. We've seen that. Uh, increase as well, but the millennial demographic has gone up, you know, three, four times uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it, it is a, it's a phenomenal it, phenomenon, and there, there are three, three of the nine that I really want to focus on. Okay. Uh, reduced cost of living, quality of life, and getting away from the political environment here. But, but a thought occurs to me. I call these people moving that way, really centurions, because a lot of them were born since the turn of the 21st century. Uh, you know, some people saying, Carter, those are kids. Actually, they're not. The oldest are 22 years yep. old now. And those few years younger, they had their entire lives stolen from them for two years by a government that they suddenly realized can, by edict, take away everything you have. No senior prom, no senior trip, no se junior yeah. and senior years in high school, gone. Right. So these yeah. kids... And you've told me, you know, it's funny. Weeks ago, you said, Carter, I know you're not a big fan of millennials, but when you but mm. they are moving here and they're particularly well, they're particularly well, looking at the cozy homes. Yeah, the, the cozy homes. That's right. And and you know what? We're not really seeing that the generation you just described is not the millennial generation. Um, it's God, Gen Z, I think. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, uh, millennials. <laughs> Were, were, were people, now not kids, but at the time were kids who came of age in 2000, right? So we're talking about kids who were in middle school and high school in 2000 who are now in their 30s yes. and 40s, right? That's the millennial generation. And I guess 30s probably is the right age group. And that demographic, uh, ha many of them have been at work for you know 15, almost 20 years. So they've got some money saved up, right? And then you're right. I mean, it, it, and, and even they reacted harshly, uh, many of them to to the lockdowns because it really, you know, it, it, it was it was a shock, right? It was something they just yeah. couldn't believe would happen. Um, but they, that demographic specifically, were in the absolute best position to to take advantage of a home work remote work environment. And 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 Carter, you've heard me talk about this a couple of times, but I just want to mention it again because it's so powerfully important. For the first time in human history, work and the location of work have been decoupled for a vast majority of people. Look, I mean, you know, back whatever, you know, 20,000 years ago, 30,000 years ago, we went from, you know, caveman to settled agriculture. That was the first big shift, you know, hunter gatherer to 
settlements and agricultural. That was the first big shift in in human society, right? Right. Then right. You know, we went from agricultural to industrial, and in the you know, in the, starting in the late 1500s through like the 1700s, right? Another major shift, right? And then starting in the 70s, you know, 1970s. So you know, what century are we talk about? The 1970s, right? People started coining this term post-industrial. You know, uh, Toffler with uh, the the book Future Shock, or that's right. Uh, Nesbitt, right? Um, I mean, these guys, uh, they they saw the future and they talked about this post-industrial society. But starting in the 70s and 80s, the technology was evolving, the fax machine, right? Telephone, telephone and telephonic use, things like that uh, started in the internet, right? All of these things started to create the possibility of being able to, to separate work and the location of work. The problem was, is the management styles were still industrial, you know, created yes. by Frederick uh, Winslow Taylor, right, for Ford. I mean, we're going to do an industrial model of management, yeah. which yeah. worked in the factories, yeah. right? And 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 our educational systems, like line the kids up in desks and stick them in, you know, stick a teacher up front. I mean, this was all, you know, you start class with a bell, you end class with a bell. I mean, this is, this is, this is factory education is what that is, right? That's and so, beautiful. Perfect. Right? And, 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 and so the management styles continued in that vein. You would, people would get in their cars, they would drive, you know, an hour or two hours in Los Angeles to go to an office where literally they would sit there and talk on the phone or type on a computer for eight hours. Then they'd get in their car and drive home for two hours because, I mean, but they could have done that from home, right? The problem was- Exactly. The problem was the managers were like, hmm, can't trust these people to work from home. I'm pretty sure if I let them work from home, they're going to, you know, binge watch Game of Thrones all day or or whatever they do, they're going to, you know, they're not going to work, right? And the workers were likewise worried that oh my gosh, if I ask my boss if I can work from home, he's going to think I'm a slouch, I'm going to I'm going to miss my I'm going to miss my promotional oppor- promotion opportunities things like that, right? But COVID did for society what the, the, all the management gurus that were kind of talking about stuff could never do it. It immediately changed the management culture. And so for the first time, yeah, in, in human history, like work and the location of work have been decoupled, right? If you worked in the field, you had to be there. If you worked in the factory, you had to be there. You had to be there. But many workers today don't have to. And so that that millennial demographic, that that group of people in their 30s predominantly, that group of people was already largely working, you know, in a way that could be remote, right? They were working on their computers, they were on their phones, right? And we were doing software programming or web programming or whatever it might be. So all of a sudden, they were forced to work from home. And the management of these companies said, wow, productivity actually went up in many cases. You know, people don't spend two hours each way in a car and, and maybe they're not giving the four extra hours to the company, but they're probably giving an hour or two of that to the company. And so now all of a sudden productivity, again, it it wasn't uniformly up across the board. And and there are some great studies about that out now. Um, But, but generally in most cases, productivity was up uh, when people worked from home. So just, yeah, yeah, Carter. And so now if home can be, you know, your house outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania or Shepherdstown, West Virginia, York, Pennsylvania, wherever, Los Angeles, right? I mean, if you're if you're if you can work from home, home can be anywhere where you've got the connectivity, the bandwidth and the connectivity to allow you to to to, to continue to work. And we have seen an incredible uptake in the number of millennials who are saying, "Oh, if home can be in the states, you know, in some boring place, 
you know, why, why can't home be in Belize or Nicaragua or Panama or Costa Rica? And they and 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 they're not just saying it; they're doing it. They're doing, they're doing it. it. They're making the move. Yep, they're doing it. And Mike, you are the first person. You coined the term the remote revolution. We had the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution. Your analysis yeah. just now was excellent. And you're the one who coined the term the remote revolution, which, folks, is one of the reasons we call this gentleman the offshore investment oracle. OK, because you are you are consistently ahead of the game. And that's what we're seeing now with these people. They being forced yeah. by government edicts to not be allowed to go to work. It was kind of like, you remember the old saying, when we were kids, they when in Little League, well, we weren't kids at the same time. When when yeah, I was a kid, close, and then later when you close. were. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and the, the, they used to have a saying, you know, if you mispractice, oh, hey, man, don't leave your glove on the field. Mm -hmm. Don't leave your glove on the field. Somebody yeah. might come along and take it, and you're out of the game. Well, That's what right. happened is when the government pulled this stunt, they left the glove on the field. And these kids you're talking about suddenly realized, I can play the game, as you've said, remotely. Yep. yep. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so that so that goes right to one of the, the key points, and that's the quality of life. Yeah. That if I'm going to work remotely, where do I want to work remotely from? York, Pennsylvania, where after dark you can't leave your home, or <laughs> Grand Pacifica, right? Grand yeah. Pacifica. Yeah. Gorgeous residential resort community on 3.5 miles of oceanfront. Uh, is that a tough choice, Mike? Do you think that's a tough choice? <laughs> you know what? Uh, no, I, 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 not, not for almost anyone, actually. You know, and, and, and let me just, let me just add one other segment, you know, segue on this, that, that it's not just the millennials. Imagine for a moment, you're a pre-retiree, you're in your fifties, and you also have the ability to work remotely and you got sent home, right? And you did work remotely and you've always dreamed of this incredible retirement lifestyle. You're going to move to Belize because you love to fly fish or you love to dive or you're going to move somewhere anywhere, right? I mean, you're, you're going to move, you're going to move to where you're, you're in, or Grand Pacifica because you love to golf and you could play on this beautiful oceanside golf course, right? And live in a beautiful uh, uh, Southern California climate on the Pacific Ocean, right? You've, um, you, you've dreamed of this and you can't wait until you're 65 so you can retire and go get that lifestyle. Well, yes. you're in your mid fifties, you still got 10 more years before you get to do that. Not anymore. You don't. Not anymore. When you can work remotely, you can move to Belize or Grand Pacifica, somewhere like that. You can enjoy all of these elements of the quality of life, right, that you have always dreamed of 10, 15, 20 years before you ever thought you could. And 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 people are doing that, too. So it's not just the millennials. Um, it, it's definitely our, our original demographic, you know, retirees, pre-retirees. Right, right. We're picking it up. The, but but the new generation who are buying in droves are the millennials because they just simply, I mean, as a pre-retiree, they were thinking, well, I'm not buying my retire, you know, my, my retirement home 25 years in advance, right? They just aren't. They might buy an investment property, which is why we had some people in that age demographic who were, yeah. who were but they yeah. were made a very small percentage of our business. But 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 yeah, no, it, 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 it's you know it, the, the two hang together. By the way, actually, all three: the affordability, the quality of life, and the freedom. Those three hang together very yes. very well. The, the the freedom 
to go, the permission, so to speak, from our bosses, right, to say, yeah, you can work from home and we don't care, right? That freedom has been granted in for, for many, many people. And now you're talking about quality of life, you know, the hobbies you enjoy, the weather you want, right? But at a price that's extremely affordable. You mentioned the cozy oh. home. The cozy homes, homes, you know, 150, 200 yards from the beach at Grand Pacifica for, you know, under $150,000. Well, those are in Belize, Carter. Those are those are the overwater tiny homes in Belize. Incredible. Uh, again. Incredible. Right, it's right. Yep. Look at this. Look at this, folks. Yeah. yeah. This is what we're talking about. And, and Beautiful, cozy homes. Here, They're very with affordable. The, with these yeah. cozy homes, you know, the the uh, the fact of the matter is, I, some of them are like uh, 300 to 1,000 square feet, depending upon the choice you make, right? Right. But yep. but I think we, let, let, we're getting to the quality of life now. We're talking quality of life. The fact of the matter is, and you and I have discussed this, when you make your move to Belize, Nicaragua, Honduras, you have the new cozy home community, the reef in Honduras. Yep. When you make that move, you're not living indoors anymore. No. You're just not. Really? Yeah. You're just not. You are outdoors all the time. It, it is. So you're not going to stay cooped up in a living room uh, be, during the winter because there ain't no winter. <laughs> That's a good point, right? <laughs> yeah, there is no winter exactly. Um, you know, so you know, I lived in Nicaragua for 14 years, and um, you know, we literally woke up in the morning. We opened up our sliding glass doors, three of them across the front of the house. Uh, we didn't have screens. We had no screens in our in our in our home, right? Um, and so we'd open up the sliding glass doors in the morning, and we literally lived on our patio pretty much all day. We were well, rarely it. inside. Um, except to sleep, take a shower, go to the bathroom, cook in the kitchen, right? I mean, there were some things obviously you do inside, but but really our life was on the patio or in the backyard, and 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 that and 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 the other thing about uh, uh, creating these communities for the remote workers because people do like to be social. I travel a lot, as you know, Carter, and 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 when I work, I very rarely work in my hotel room. I usually go to the lobby and I work in the lobby of the hotel. Right now, and 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 I don't know anyone. Right, it doesn't even matter. But but just being around other yes. people coming and going and seeing other people yeah. work or whatever, like there, there's I don't know, there's a social element to it. Um, and and I think for a lot of people, not everybody, some people like to work in their hotel room or the library. I I never went to the library in college. That was never my thing. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure Frostburg State we had a library. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I probably didn't study very much in college either. But but the point is, is that some people are more social in how they want to work, right? And so creating work spaces, you know, uh, uh, work places, right? Third spaces. They're called third spaces. Creating the places where people can come, hang out, maybe in a hammock or on a on a lounge chair, by a pool, overlooking the ocean, whatever it is. You're around other people who are like you, remotely working. Um, and and obviously, if you're in a resort setting, you know, when the workday's done, some of these people are people you're probably going to go get a drink with or have dinner with or 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 say, hey, you know, I didn't know you played guitar. You know, I, I play the bass and I know, you know, Bob up here has a drum set. Why don't we get together and, and jam tonight or tomorrow night? Right. And we're seeing these things happen in our communities where we're just getting these jam sessions happening. I don't know, a couple, three times a month, a bunch of the residents get together and they do that. And it, and, and it's really cool because all of a sudden you've got this community that's happening 
of like-minded individuals who, who have seen the opportunity to be freer, right? And to enjoy a quality of life that's that's very, very different from what they could afford in the US. And I mentioned affordability, right? I always joke around that, you know, I, I call it whole paycheck. I mean whole foods, but whole paycheck, right? I mean, if you go there and you try to buy like, you know, a couple of tomatoes, it's it's you know, it's five, six, seven bucks, right? Yeah. Organic, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, living in Latin America, uh, you know, we we literally had a coffee sack. I can't even show it them too close to the I mean, a coffee sack delivered to our home every Thursday full of organic fruits and vegetables, right? And we would add the meat and the cheese and the other things, you know, free range, you know, hormone free, all that stuff. But the bag of fruits and vegetables, 100% organic, delivered to our home every week, $8, Carter. $8. $8. And it was delivered to our home and we couldn't eat it all. We'd give some to our maid. I just bought three, to three tomatoes right? for my wife at, at uh, Food Line, $5. Three right. tomatoes. And right. They had no taste. <laughs> yeah. Right. In fact, I just I just did a Facebook post about the eggs in El Salvador. I was traveling through El Salvador a couple of weeks ago. And and I I don't know why I forget this, but I got to El Salvador. It was a red eye there. So I got there and I go to my favorite little place called Tapu Khan. It's right by they changed the gate numbers. I think it's still gate eight nine. Anyway, kind of right in the middle of the airport, Tapu Khan. If you're ever going through El Salvador. Uh, they have they have a great sandwich called the Tipico, which has a special cheese that's only made in El Salvador called patacone. Anyway, but it's a wonderful sandwich. Eggs, beans, cheese, this patacone cheese on a baguette. And they stick yeah. it in a George Foreman and, and mush it and heat it up, right? Anyway, but 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 the eggs, the eggs taste like eggs, Carter. I I, I just did a yeah. so I just did a Facebook post about how I, I forget how wonderfully delicious real food is until I get back down there and I'm yes. there like a couple times a month. So it's not like, I, um, you know, whatever, but, but like, I'm always like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you addressed the quality of the food and the price. We did an interview yesterday. You know, every week we do Leslie at large, oh, Leslie yeah. who okay. works for you at Grand Pacifica, who is a delightful person. And that she tells about what she's doing. And yeah. she went to, um, <laughs> Masa Chapa, is that you the got name? it? Yeah, Masa Chapa. I can't Very believe good. I got it. Fresh, <laughs> fresh fish. It's a yeah. fishing village, and she said every fish you can want out of the deep blue sea was there and yeah. was delicious and cost next to nothing. Then she went from there to San Rafael for the fresh fruit and vegetables. Exactly. And the prices were and the quality and prices were unbelievable. By the way, she said she said you know if you have a thousand dollars. Let's talk about affordability, cost of living. Okay. She said, if you're in Nicaragua and you have an income of $1,000 a month, she said, you can live very, very, very well here. Yeah. And 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 you're going to have a part-time maid. You're going to have somebody who will clean your house and mow your grass. That's a gardener. But you'll have you'll have a, a part-time maid, a part-time gardener. And that if you have them as part-time, that'll cost you 50 bucks each a month. Um, you know, maybe 75 bucks a month, depending on how often you have them. But for, you know, $100, $150 a month, you will have no chores, none. You will have zero chores for $100 to $150 a month. And and right, so if you have 1000 1200 bucks, and, and right, instead of, you know, $5 for three tomatoes, you can you can load up on, you know, a week's worth of fruits and vegetables for five bucks. Maybe it's 10 bucks, Carter, I don't know. I mean, but for five or 10 bucks, like you have all the fruit and vegetables you can eat for, for a week, right? And then the fish right out of the ocean, the the the, the meats, the cheeses, uh, again, everything is just so affordable. Um, 
Yeah, right. And, 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 and people don't understand the quality of life. And I want a higher quality of life. I have to spend more, which is true. In, this, in the States, if you want States, to eat yeah. organic, right? If you want to eat organic, you got to go to Whole Paycheck and, and give them your whole paycheck to fill up your cart, right? Um, whereas in Latin America, you know, it's, it's the processed food that's imported from the United States that's really expensive, right? Which you don't but, want anyway. Which you don't want anyway. The, the local stuff, the real stuff is the inexpensive stuff and it's all organic and fresh fruits and vegetables picked ripe, right? Picked ripe, full of flavor. Um, yeah, I, 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 it, it, it's paradoxical, right? I, I think you've seen that Mobius strip where you take a piece of paper and you twist one end of it and you tape it together and you actually create a piece of paper that's one-sided. And, and people are like, what? A one-sided piece of paper? How is it? But do it sometime. Just take a yeah. little strip of paper, twist it one end, and then and you trace your finger around it. It's a one-sided piece of paper, right? It's a right. paradox, right? Well, living in Latin America is in many ways paradoxical. You have this incredibly higher quality of life, and it costs far, far less. It just simply doesn't make sense coming from a North American perspective. Um, but but it's yeah. true. And the people who who experience it, move there, live there, experience it, uh, you know, they all just smile and and kind of nod their heads. And, and you know, it's it's like, yep, that, that's exactly right. So, yeah, it's just it's fantastic. You know, as we're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about and we, we got to go. We're running out of time. But one of my favorite movies was Cary Grant's An Affair to Remember with Deborah Carr. Yeah. And they're riding up a hill and looking down down at the ocean, down the hill. It looks much like one, any like Grand Pacific area, like Nicaragua. And, and he's waxing eloquent about how beautiful it is down there because they're way up the top looking down mm -hmm. at the ocean, the waves rolling in. So it's just so beautiful down there. And she says to him, well, you know, if it's so beautiful down there, what are we doing up here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, <that's, laughs> and you and I, I know both mm -hmm. ask ourselves the same question all the time. What yeah. am I doing here for me? What am I doing in York, Pennsylvania, when I could be at La Ceiba Beach Club in Honduras or Grand Pacifica yeah. in Nicaragua, Grand Bayman in, in, in uh, Belize? And the fact is, there's always reasons that keep you where you are temporarily. Te temporarily. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, Carter, I mean, you're right. Yeah. We got to go in a second. But, you know, I lived in Nicaragua for 14 years. We came back when one of my daughters got an incredible opportunity to study at the Joffrey Ballet high school program in New York City. Uh, I'm, I'm very clear that, you know, mama bear was not living in Nicaragua with 15 year old baby bear living in New York City. That was not going to happen. So, uh, so we moved back to the States. Um, but I do think that, that uh, we will probably expatriate again someday. Oh, yeah. uh, in fact, uh, Carter, by the way, I'm headed off to the Azores on Sunday afternoon to uh, complete, just got off a conference call right before this call Fantastic. Uh, to complete the acquisition of a beautiful villa that was started in 1697 uh, on the island of San Miguel in the Azores, a Portuguese uh, uh, territory. Stunningly and, beautiful. Oh, incredible. We should yeah. talk about the Azores one of these days too. Uh, maybe when I get back, I'll have some pictures I could send them to you and you can put them Good. up. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. But anyway, so so right. So so I don't know where Carol and I will will expatriate again. It, it could be someplace like the Azores. Uh, again, for for Europe, it is the absolute least expensive Europe you will ever find. Right. It's charming. It's wonderful, and it's only a four hour flight from uh, uh, Newark, Newark or Boston. So it's a yeah. very very you know close yeah. flight as well. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, Mike, this has been fantastic. So the, the, the old guys like me and the millennials are all on the way south of the border. And you are there with your with the finest, the Mike Cobb Community Residential Resort Communities to welcome. So thank you. Hey, and Carter, let's yeah. uh, let, let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this thing. <laughs>